Hi, this is David. Eating right is often hard these days, but eating better is easy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. Their meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. What are you waiting for? Discover Factor's wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Visit our website, bookofzen.com, for inspirational t-shirts and gifts, all featuring my own original sayings inside a classic Zen and So circle. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Working with God by Gardner Hunting, published in 1934. Did you ever start out on a road trip of a hundred miles or more, from a height which gave you a view of the whole road you had to travel, from beginning to end? It would be a high mountain indeed that would give you such a view. There are doubtless places in the Rockies from which we can see the country for long distances, sometimes perhaps for fifty miles, maybe much more. Sometimes the air is so clear that distant things seem much closer than they actually are. Sometimes we can actually see the road itself, its twists and turns, its straight stretches, its climbs and descents, its bridges, the towns along the way, even the detours, so far ahead that we can anticipate nearly all the conditions we shall have to meet on the way to where we plan to go. But usually the road ahead of us is not so clear. Usually we get out a road map and study it, and lay out our route by what somebody else, the map maker, tells us is the most practical, the most direct, the easiest way. Then we get reports from some website as to the condition of roads, shortcuts, points of interest, places to find food and shelter, the safe, comfortable highways to follow, all based on first-hand experience in driving over the route we intend to follow. Then we watch the signs along the way. Twelve miles to Pleasantville. Turn right for Deer Valley. This way to Bear Mountain. Slow, sharp turn. Steep hill. Go into second gear. Crossroad. 
toll bridge ahead. Drive carefully, please. Thank you. Road signs put up by those who came this way before we did, and who made it their business, or thought it a privilege, to make the road safe and easy and pleasant for us. All of it was created for our guidance. All we have to do is read them and follow the instructions quietly, easily, and naturally, and we get along fine. But what do we do about guidance on a long, long road, very little of which we can commonly see from any height? The road we call life. Do we get a road map? Ask people who know from experience? Watch and obey the signs along the way. Some of us do strange things. Some of us spend hours, weeks, years turning over road maps to life, skeptical of their dependability. Some of us distrust everybody who tells us their experience. Some of us don't believe in signs. Some of us pull up beside the road and stop and wait and guess and worry. We seem to think that some good angel is going to come along and take us in tow, or do our driving for us. Some of us just throw away all available information, release our brakes, step on the gas, and go roaring along, reckless of curves and hills, traffic and crossroads, men at work and all the rest. As if luck were the rule of the road, as if we had a heaven-given right to think that some special dispensation of providence might guard us from danger and carry us through. Then, when things happen that we do not like, when accidents occur, or when nothing happens at all, or insurmountable obstacles oppose us, we grow sour or bitter, furious or despairing, or simply resigned and resent the fact that we have to travel the road at all, and abuse fate, fortune, or God, whatever we think we believe in, for allowing us to suffer, for requiring anything of us, for putting us here in the first place. Some of us do still stranger things. I know one man, a self-styled guru, who spends his time telling other people how to travel the road, but who neglects his family, dodges obvious duties, borrows money without any idea of paying it back, changes his plans every few weeks, yet sets himself up as an authority on life and living. I know a woman who always picks out the hardest thing she can find to do, and tries to do that who is a martyr at every opportunity, who looks upon life as a veil of tears, who seems to think that getting to heaven is mostly a matter of dodging hell, and who considers it her duty or privilege to meddle in other people's affairs, as if she had been divinely appointed to set them right by mixing them up. I know another woman who professes to be searching for truth, but who always puts up an argument against every idea that is presented to her, and a man who has an ambition to achieve great things along a certain line of work, but who is always waiting for more favorable circumstances, for better ideas, for more inspiration, 
and who devotes most of his time and effort to other things. I know college students who profess to believe that everything in the way of maps, directions, and signs is all bunk. They go along indulging in wild parties and getting over the after-effects, and sneering or making wisecracks about everything that has even a flavor of seriousness about it. They cynically assert that life is a mess, a chaos, a joke, a mystery, a meaningless experience, a mechanical torture device, a game of chance, a grab bag. But let's use a little common sense. Isn't life a road that we should look upon exactly like any other road we have to travel? In the first place, all of us want to go places and do things, don't we? All right then, that means activity on our own part. If we don't want other people to get all our rewards and have all our fun, we have to get off our butts. If we sit down idly, twiddle our thumbs and wait, some fruit may fall into our lap, but not much. It requires activity effort on our part, just to enjoy eating, dancing, playing baseball, hockey, ping pong, or bridge. I have to do something just to be well dressed or clean. I have to climb into bed just to sleep. Agreed? Well, the place I really want to go is the city of happiness. The great map maker says that the only road leading there is service and the signposts along the road are 1. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. 2. Whatsoever you would that others do unto you, do also unto them. 3. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And four, give, and it shall be given unto you. In case any of us might be in doubt at any time about just how to follow any of these simple instructions, God has given us a traveling companion called the Spirit of Truth, who, quote, shall guide into you all the truth. In other words, this spirit is the interpreter of my map and my instructions. Very well. The name God means good. That means I am to love the good with all there is in me. I am to treat my neighbors as I want them to treat me. Not only giving them a square deal, but being as helpful to them as I can be. Always. I am to act kindly toward them speak kindly of them, and think kindly about them, exactly as I want them to do toward me. Then I am to ask, seek, and knock actively in search of the things that are my heart's desires. I am to give out what I want to get back, and when in doubt, I am to consult this spirit of truth who travels along with me in my heart. These are plain instructions, surely. The only thing that ever confuses me is how to consult this spirit of truth, 
A process that is called, quote, going into the silence is a mystery to many of us, but it need not be if we just realize that it means not merely relaxing the body and calming the mind, though both are preparations for hearing the still small voice of spirit. It means simply getting honest with ourselves. It means shutting out of the closet of your heart all the voices of self-deception, expediency, trickery, pretense, and splurge, and letting the voice of the Spirit tell you what really is good, what really is right, what really is kind, what really is giving. It means disregarding outside considerations of reward or punishment, and just trying genuinely to see what truth is with the purpose of doing the thing that is right and trusting God for the results. It means submitting a definite problem to the Spirit for its solution, not offering an argument. It is quite true that sometimes the Spirit, wise traveling companion that it is, will just smile at you and say, look at your map, or review your instructions, or wait for more road signs. But the Spirit will tell you the truth always, if that is what you want, about the road to happiness.